Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and I had this whole thing planned, and I was going to do Rahu and K2 separately. I already have a Rahu episode recorded, um, but I had them on like audio record where, or I like, I'd recorded them already and I had them queued up and I hadn't recorded one in a while. And I just, I don't know. I felt like I, I kind of lost this connection with you guys. And I really just felt that it was a time to start recording again and being a little bit more present. Um, I love doing this podcast. I love hearing from you all. Um, I've gotten to do readings with some of you, um, emailed with some of you. And it's just been really amazing to, first of all, talk about astrology and also spread awareness about Vedic astrology because a lot of people um, haven't heard about Vedic astrology or know what it is. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for engaging me. um, And just thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk about something that I love the most. I really appreciate it because you all listening and you all engaging and wanting readings, et cetera. It's what makes this entire thing happen. So thank you for, for bringing that. Okay. So This morning, we are going to talk about Rahu and Ketu, which it's a really important time. Um, It's currently February 27th, 2019, and Rahu and Ketu are actually about to move. They, They transit and change signs every 18 months. So they stay around for about a year and a half. And Rahu and Ketu are extremely karmic planets. And they're actually nodes of the moon. It's the north node of the moon and the south node of the moon. They're not actual physical planets. They're actually like an optical illusion. Okay, they're shadow planets. They're not really there, but they bring all of this karmic energy into our lives. And so we're going to spend some time talking about them today. They're they're very important when they're conjunct with other planets They can do really interesting things, and wherever they are in your birth chart, that can indicate so much about your past karma and your future karma, what you're meant to focus on and work out in this life. So it can bring a lot of direction, clarity, and validation. Um, I could literally geek out on this all day. I think it's so fascinating. Okay, so wherever you see the RA or the KE, that is where Rahu and K2 are. They will always be seven houses apart. They're nodes of the moon. They oppose one another. They're opposites. And so I was talking with somebody recently and they had done a little research and they were referring to them as the dragon head and the dragon tail. So in ancient texts, it's it's a snake. It's represented by a snake, got cut in half. There's the, there's the head of the beast. And then there's the tail of the beast. And the head is Rahu. Rahu is represented essentially by a mouth without a stomach. And so it craves, it's insatiable. It wants everything. It wants, it wants all the qualities of that house. It wants all the qualities of the plants around it. Can't get enough of it. That's Rahu. K2 on the other hand is, is the body without the head. And so it represents more 
like stillness, separation, meditation, lack of desire. It's what we've already achieved in past lives. That's often what you see with Ketu, whereas with Rahu, it's really what we should be focusing on, what we're going to naturally get a lot of in this life as part of our karmic duty, what we need to achieve in this life. So Rahu, again, it brings insatiable desire and it can bring a lot of wealth and fame and the desire for wealth and fame. When you see Rahu with the sun, this can often indicate a big ego. You take the sun, it's this bright, warm, elegant planet, and you stick it with Rahu, which is this massive desire and amplifies everything and it can make an amplified ego. And you always have to check how close the degrees are of these planets because they could be sitting 12 degrees apart and it's going to act much different than if it's two degrees apart. So always make sure that you're paying attention to that. If you have Rahu with the moon, it could make somebody who is, I mean, it could be somebody who sees spiritual things happening around them. Often it's people with some disturbance. It could be people whose mind just churns constantly. If you have K2 in the moon, that can be someone who is incredibly intuitive and in touch with the spiritual realm and is actually a little bit more comfortable with it. From what I've seen, people with K2 in the moon together, it's more of a comfortable spiritual awareness, whereas Rahu in the moon is a little bit less comfortable. It's a little bit more disturbed. I've seen that Rahu and the sun work better together and K2 and the moon work better together than having them be opposite. But it's always going to be circumstantial and depending on whose chart you're looking at. Never one size fits all with astrology. If you have Rahu in the first house, it's similar to having Rahu in the sun. Uh, in a way. It can make somebody who has a really big ego or just a really strong sense of self. You can see people that are excellent leaders when they have Rahu in the first house. Though when Rahu is in the first house, it automatically puts Ketu in the seventh house. So that means that somebody could be a little bit less interested in relationships. They may have a strong tendency to not be codependent. They may actually fear codependency. They have their own thoughts and ideas. They're not very influenced by other people. They can, you know, stand up for themselves, think for themselves, etc. When you have Rahu in the 11th house, I've seen if you have Rahu in the 11th house, if you have Rahu and the sun in the 11th house, this can really amplify gains. So the 11th house is network circles, friendships. It's also gains and finances that we make for ourselves. When you have sun and the Rahu here together, I've seen many rich people When you look at famous people, not every famous person has this, but you see it, it's common um, to have Rahu and Sun in the 11th house, especially if it's well-placed, right? Let's see. If you have Rahu in the 5th house, 
fifth house is creativity, it's children, it's performance, it's art. When you have Rahu here, it makes somebody who is extremely creative. Somebody who is super creative. When they have children, their children become their entire lives. They can tend to give life of themselves to others, especially their kids. Um, again, highly creative, love to decorate, love to focus on interior design and, and surrounding themselves with beauty and luxurious things. If you have Rahu and Venus together, it can mean that you like to date foreigners. It could mean that you enjoy being with people much different than yourself. So maybe your partner thinks just vastly different um, in terms of ideals. It could be that they're from another place. Maybe they're from Russia or from India. It could be that um, they just look much different than you. Maybe you have really dark skin and dark hair and your partner has really light skin, light hair, light eyes. It can mean any of those things. It can also bring a lot of taboo into sexual relationship. It could um, make somebody who is a sexual celebrate or they just are very open about sexuality in general. If you have K2 in the 12th house, so now we're, now we're going to move into K2 and do a few examples here. K2 is separation, isolation, meditation. It's like the scissors that cut. Okay. And so I'm going to do another podcast on this K2 Rahu transit coming up. I've done one before. I'm going to do another one to talk about how it's potentially going to influence you now. Um, but K2 brings, you know, it can bring a separation of things and it's not a bad thing because it's what you've already achieved. So when K2 moves in the 12th house, it can mean you just naturally are spiritual. You were born a spiritual person. Spirituality comes easily to you. You can sit and meditate easily. Yoga is extremely appealing to you. So yoga, spirituality, ancient texts, all of this feels familiar. It's like something you've already done. And now perhaps you're focused more on serving other people. You want to teach yoga. You want to teach philosophy. You want to teach higher learning. Because whenever you have K2 in the 12th house, Rahu is in the 6th house of service to others, right? If you have K2 in the 2nd house, and I've seen this multiple times, if you have K2 in the 7th house, it could mean a separation from your family early on. It could mean that you either had to help raise yourself. There wasn't a lot of support in your family. It could mean that your parents or one of your parents passed away. It could mean that you just never felt that connection with your family that other people do. And when you have K2 in the second house, Rahu goes into the eighth house of transformation. So it could mean that in order to understand this world, because you didn't feel a super close connection with your family, perhaps you, you know, sought out comfort in underground knowledge or kundalini energy or yoga or just, um, you know, higher philosophy. You just did a lot of research and you learned how to, you know, think for yourself, think outside the box. 
explore the unknown areas of life. It could be. Um, but K2 in the second house can create some issues and separation within the family. If you have K2 in the third house, you may only have issues with your siblings. It could be that growing up, you had issues with your siblings. Um, there may have been a separation from your older siblings. There may have been a separation. Even there could have been some issues with your dad as well. It could have made things a little bit rockier growing up, a little bit unstable, maybe some competition with your siblings. If you have K2 in your 10th house, it could mean that you worked for the government. It could mean that you do really well at work and you don't have trouble getting ahead. Okay, so you have K2 in the 10th house. This is something you've already achieved. So you're naturally good at work. Like you just have an easier time with work. Though you could have an occupation that is a little bit more underground. You may not be a celebrity or somebody who's constantly in the spotlight. You may be somebody who does research or who does counseling, um, maybe a yoga teacher, just somebody who works behind the scenes. And that puts Rahu in the fourth house. So you could have, again, had an unconventional childhood. You could have a ridiculously close relationship with your mother. You could love being at home and just be a natural homebody. You could have moved around a lot as a child and younger person. So I hope that this covered everything for Rahu and Ketu. I hope that it makes sense. So remember, Rahu amplifies. It's an insatiable desire. You can't get enough of that thing. K2 is something that you've already achieved. It doesn't mean that you don't want it in this life, but it's something that comes a little bit more naturally to you. It's, it's kind of like inherent gifts that you've achieved from your past life. I've already been rattling on for almost 15 minutes. Um, so I I'm not going to do examples through the signs, though I want to, and I will. <laughs> so this is Rahu and Ketu, which are the final um, nodes that I'm going to discuss. We did the planets, and now I did the nodes. So next, I'm going to start talking about the houses and what the houses represent. Um, and eventually, I'll do the outer planets as well. In Vedic astrology, we don't usually use... Um, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto, but I'll probably talk about them eventually because I've found that they're helpful to use and recognize as well. So this is Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in the next few episodes, we'll be talking about the houses, which is when things get really exciting because you can piece together everything that we've talked about so far into your chart. So hopefully I will see you there. If you want more information, you can go to innerknowing.yoga. There's no.com, innerknowing.yoga. If you want to schedule a personal consultation, and you are always welcome to email me with any questions at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. All right. I will talk to you soon and happy stargazing.